Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slower, simple living in a fast-paced, complex world. My name is Brooke McCallery. Thank you for joining us. My name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 208. Indeed. We are... Where are we? We're at the end of October. Yep. Wow. How time flies. It's going to make a comedy bang bang reference, but it's highly inappropriate. I know, so I exactly. Won't. Exactly. So, yeah, we're at the end of October. We've just done four weeks on our social media. Theme. This is the fourth. Okay, so this is the fourth one? Correct. So, this is the fifth one. Oh. Okay. So we did um, we did Instagram, we did Facebook, and we did Twitter. Apologies, massive apologies. This is this is a pretty cool one to wrap yeah, up. Yeah. So we actually didn't plan for this one to be part of the series. We thought we'd just do the three episodes. But not long after we had recorded those episodes, an article came out uh, in the Guardian that really is a brutal takedown of social media and technology, and tapped into. I guess what we were trying to get at, but in a much more brutal way. Brutal. Anyway, let's let's get into this episode. Okay. Okay, so the Guardian article that you were referring to, we're going to provide a link in the show notes. We are, yeah. It was written maybe two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, it's brutal. It's, it's fantastic and it does not pull its punches in terms of the issues with technology. So it's written by an, a man named Paul Lewis, mm-hmm. but in it he speaks to a number of men and women who worked in, or continue to work in Silicon Valley, but who developed or part of the engineering behind platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And not only those platforms, but specific Parts gadgets of, and widgets of Facebook. Like the like button, for example. One yeah. of the guys that he yeah. interviews was the key or the head designer or developer behind the like button on Facebook way back in the day. Which was called an awesome button an awesome originally. Button, which is so lame. <laughs> but... It's really fascinating to see the the arc of these people's in like, their, their their passion Decor- or enthusiasm yeah. about these technologies and where they began, which was thinking that this was an awesome thing to do, to where they are now, which is yeah. they are essentially people who do not allow themselves to use these technologies because they know just how addictive and destructive they are. Yeah, exactly. So that's essentially the the introduction of the article. I love the pr- main premise of the article at the top of it. It starts, it talks about we have entered the attention economy mm. where everything is competing for our attention. We've gone through the industrial revolution, through the knowledge age, and now we've got the attention economy. Mm. Fascinating of what, what impact the beeps, the buzzes, the alerts, all that is having on us. Yeah, because, I mean, when you break that down, really, it's not just about our experiences of it as a consumer. It's about what companies are now doing in order to have a piece of our attention, which really is what this article is about. It's about the way that these products and services and platforms and technologies have been designed to attract the the most of our attention as possible and to get us addicted to that particular input as much as possible. So that's where we spend our time. And the thing that I find really interesting about it is that 
so often when we talk about this, we say that our productivity and our time is the biggest issue. You know, like the fact that, so there's a, a statistic in here that says that people on average touch, swipe or tap their phone 2,617 times a day. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy, right? And that's what we all think about when we think about the impact of technology. We're like, it's time. We're all distracted. I mean, they go on to talk about how the fact that there's a recent study that showed that the mere presence of a smartphone damages cognitive capacity, even when the device is turned off. It says everyone is distracted all the time. So you can have a phone that is off and it's like a TV. We used to talk about TVs. Even if a TV was off, people would turn their bodies towards it if they were in a room with a TV. Smartphones are now that thing, but they're far more addictive because they're interactive. So we think that that's the biggest problem. But this article goes on to say that's by far not the biggest problem. The biggest problem that they see at the moment is the impact it's having on things like democracy and our societal constructs and the way that we interact with each other. But but democracy, I mean, you can look at Brexit, you can look at Trump, you can look at quite a number of things that have been happening in the world over the past 12 months and technology, and we're only just starting to see the emerging impacts of it, but technology has impacted it in a very, very real way. And I think that that is kind of terrifying. So I'm not going to go through this entire article and kind of give you the gist. I really do recommend reading it. Yeah, definitely read it. It was posted a couple of weeks ago in the Facebook group, and I know a few people reacted to it, and we've just been astounded by the impact it's had on us. Mm. So what It made some... me angry. Yeah. It made me really angry, and I'm glad for that because it opened my eyes. Like we, We've just done three episodes about the problems that we have with social media, but this article opened my eyes to just how much we're up against with this kind of stuff. Like it's not, it's not just that, um, you know, it's fun. Like social media is fun or whatever. And we spend a bit too much time on it. Like it is toying with our brains. And that really gave me the some things because how, like, how dare they kind of, you know? know? And I think that that anger is really helpful because it will drive change. So we finished last week's episode by encouraging everyone to delete their social media apps. Now, we recorded that a few weeks ago, and as a result of that, we both deleted our social media apps. Um, I deleted Twitter. Mm-hmm. I never had Facebook in the first place. Um, and I also decided to delete Instagram and reinstall it twice a day so that I could post something and then post comments. Mm. Uh, and we've done that for the past few weeks. And it's been really interesting for me to see just how often I would reach for my phone to go on mindlessly onto those social media things. So that I think is a really good first step. But what I think this article has done is really solidified the fact that I need to do more. And I think we could talk about a few different things that we, I have done as a result of this article coming out, which have changed the way that I've been using social media. What have you missed the most? Nothing. What have you missed the least? Oh. Well, I, I see, I didn't have notifications on or anything like that anyway. So it's not like I used to get that that dopamine hit that you mm. get when you get like an Instagram like coming up or a, you know, a follow or a comment. There's, I really, there's really nothing mm. much I've missed, you know. And I think the first few days were a bit challenging for me, not only because I was used to picking it up, but challenging 
to realize just how often I was using social media to procrastinate. And now I understand that that was not all just me. That was also the design of these things. You know, anyone who's tried to delete a Facebook account can tell you how impossible it is to do that. And that's a big part of the, the picture as well. All right. So did you want to go uh, through some of the ways you've changed as a result of reading this article? Yeah. So we did all those things before I'd read the article, but I have since uh, reinstalled a plugin or an extension on Chrome mm -hmm. called Stay Focused. Mm. And I used to have that and I took it off a while ago, I think when I was researching my book maybe, uh, and I just had forgotten to put it back on. But it allows you to set a period of time for um, particular websites for your day. So you get a quota and I set mine for 10 minutes. And at 10 minutes a day on my browser um, was for Facebook, Twitter, and newspaper websites because they were the ones that I would go to in order to procrastinate. So you can, and I have had to, set uh, exceptions. So I've got an exception for our Facebook group for the retreat. I've got an exception for our Facebook page for Slow Your Home because that's I genuinely have to go there to work and respond to people. But setting that 10-minute limit has been fantastic. And after that 10 minutes is gone, you're done for the day. You cannot get back onto those websites. And so that has been really helpful. I've found an app that was quite similar for phone called Freedom. And it is, you can get a trial and you get seven sessions for free, but uh, it is a paid app. But if you use Stay Focused, you actually get 40% off. And I okay. think it's only a couple of dollars a month or something like that. And same thing, you can set apps, which, um, which it will block you from. You can set websites, which it will block you from. Uh, and you set those periods of time up during the day. And then you've got periods of like windows where you're able and allowed to get on those apps. And I think it's, it's inconvenient and it's annoying and it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. So I wrote about this on Facebook the other day and quite a few people are like, well, it's inconvenient to do it. And it's sort of supposed to be. Yeah. You know, I get that it's inconvenient. It's annoying. And if you need to use these technologies for your work, then you'll need to figure out a way to do that. But it's supposed to be inconvenient. That's the whole point. I think these technologies make it way too convenient to be on constantly and to be reminded constantly of, you know, our opportunity to interact and don't miss out and someone's talking over here and this person's engaging over there and you're missing out and what's happening. Who cares? You know, but I think we need to retrain our brain to, to stop reacting to that. And by inconveniencing ourselves is one way of doing that. Someone else said that they keep developing these workarounds to get onto the, you know, the, the browser version of Facebook or whatever, even if they do delete the apps. And I think that's good to recognize that our brains are looking for a way to continue to find that little hit mm. of social media. Mm. So do things like install an app and allow yourself to go and waste 10 minutes a day and understand that that's what it is and then get off it. You know, so I think that we need to show ourselves a little bit of tough love in this instance. And honestly, this article really did inspire me to do that yeah. because I had convinced myself that certain things would, you know, necessary and it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. And it all is, but I'd convinced myself and given myself way too much rope, I think with this stuff. And this article really just called to mind what, you know, what I wanted to be doing with my time and what I was actually doing with my time. Absolutely. So I guess the action coming out of this week is read the article if you yep. haven't read it. If you have read it, set yourself some some blockers. Set your block. I mean, for me, it's YouTube. Yeah. I've got a block blocker now on my Chrome for YouTube because I used to waste time with YouTube, uh, mostly around lunchtime, just watching 
videos mindlessly. Um, it also mentions an app called Pocket Points, which is another one. Anyway, there's, there's a whole heap of them. Try one out. Try one of the free ones. Do the trials. I mean, if you've read the article and you believe in it as much as Brooke and I have, you'll, you'll quickly come around to wanting to try everything. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I think we've said it before. We're not anti-tech. Our jobs wouldn't exist without technology. Our community wouldn't exist without technology. And that's, that's something I'm grateful for. But I am anti being forced to use it in a particular way. I'm right. anti using it as a crutch. Yeah. yeah. I'm anti using it because of the psychometrics that they're using to keep you using it. Yeah, seriously. So a couple of things that I think are really important to note. Steve Jobs did not allow his kids to use an iPad because he understood not that the technology was bad and I don't think the technology is bad either our kids will be using that kind of technology as they grow up fine let's teach them that let's teach them how to use it what he didn't like was that it made these kind of platforms these addictive platforms so accessible it brings them into the house it brings them into the bedroom you know and I think that that's really telling that someone is as forward thinking as Steve Jobs who who was behind the development of the technology also understood the dangers of it. So that was quite interesting to me to, to realize. So it's something he said back in 2012, obviously he didn't say it recently, um, <laughs> uh, but I think that that's really important. The other thing is if you find yourself questioning or struggling with certain areas of it, go and get help, you know, go and talk to someone. So Janelle Burley Hoffman, uh, she's been on the podcast before. Every week she does a Q&A, a slow tech Q&A, which is really, really uh incredibly helpful and she will answer any question that you have about technology and family and mindfulness uh, so i will put a link to her facebook group in her facebook page rather in the show notes for today and you will be able to find out when she does her live q a's and go and ask her any questions you have because i think that the issue that we have we don't have teenagers so our kids are fairly easy to corral with their yeah. tech use mm. it certainly gets a lot more complicated as your kids get older they've got their own phones they need to. They genuinely need to use technology every day for you know homework and that kind of stuff. So you know my advice is only going to be helpful to up to a certain point. So Janelle has older kids. She's got I think a college age son. So she has gone through the whole range of what that looks like. Uh, and I'd really recommend that you go and check her out. And if you genuinely feel like you have an addiction, then I would really recommend looking out for some kind of counselling or something like that because I think. All of these things are really helpful to help break the cycle. But if it's a, a genuine addiction, something you're really struggling with, I would definitely encourage you to talk to someone uh, because that, that, that's a real thing. You know, these technologies have been designed to create that. So don't feel bad. Don't feel like there's something wrong with you. You've been up against this huge industry and all these geniuses for many years and they have rewired the way we think about this stuff and the way we interact with it. So, you know, I think feel okay about getting help and, and saying that you need help as well. But uh, yeah, this is kind of a funny one, I think, but I would just, I would really. You're a funny one. Well, I am a funny one. Uh, definitely recommend reading the article and letting us know what you think about it. Uh, yeah, and in the meantime, have a good week. See you guys. Hi,